2: This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon
1: Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast, the master's class. You get this exclusively right here on the Busted Open Podcast. Don't forget you can listen to Busted Open Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to noon Eastern time on SiriusXM Fight Nation, channel 156. But the master's class you can only get by subscribing to the Busted Open podcast. Also, don't forget you can still pick up Busted Open merchandise on podswag.com slash Busted Open. Again, it's podswag.com slash Busted Open for all t-shirts, hatch, Hoodies, glassware, everything you need—all merchandise for busted open. But let's get in to the master's class with our masters of the ring, and that is Bully, Tommy, Mark, Henry, and Dave Lagreca. What's up, guys? How are you?
3: Hello. What a do.
1: Hi. How are, hi? How are you, Bully? Hi, hey.
3: guys.
4: Hi. hi. It's now, gonna be a great. It's gonna be a great debate today. A great debate. Master's class, great debate, master debaters, absolutely. Wow, here
1: you go. Hello, Hello, I did too.
4: I knew it. Great debate. Great debate.
1: (laughs) Well, speaking of debates, what we're gonna get into is we're gonna talk about our favorite cash in moments. That's money in the bank. Cash in moments, because this weekend is money in the bank. So we're gonna get into those moments again with our masters, Bully Ray, Tommy Dreamer. And Mark Henry. So, Mark, let's start with you. What do you have as the best cash-in moment for Money in the Bank?
2: Well, Dave, I would have to, I would have to say that it was the one that was actually cashed in on me when I was champion. What? And yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it comes full circle, Dave. It comes full circle because there was a time. When the WWE was scouting and they said, hey, we want some bigger guys. So everybody you bring in, you know, bring in some big guys. Okay. I go to Canada and I'm working and I see a ROH show. And there's this young guy with maroon shoe boots and and shorts. And I was just amazed at his work. And I was like, man, we got to bring that guy in. I called Jimmy Corderas, and Jimmy probably don't even know he's a part of this story. And I said, hey, uh, who's who's the guy that was on the, on the show? You, you remember his name? And he said, oh, uh, Brian Danielson. Okay, we're watching in the locker room. I reach out, get his information, call him, say, hey, man, I want you to come to this camp. He comes to the camp. Johnny Laurinaitis, oh, Mark, oh, you said this guy was six feet, 200 pounds. I was like, yeah, I, I mean, he just, he looked bigger on TV. <laughs> <laughs> he looked bigger with his lifts in. He looked bigger on TV, and uh, I got bitched at about it. And I said, but you got to watch him work. They watched him work. They hired him. Fast forward. I'm kicking ass, taking names, walking around, holding the title over my head. And the big show, His, you know, he's supposed to be like my brother. And he, of course, beat me within an inch of my life. And then guess what? What? The guy that I made the calls for cashed in the money in the bank and took my title. It's called a receipt. Yeah, <laughs> Son of a bitch. Son of a bitch, exactly, Tommy. At least you're on my side. Well, I'm on your it side. Was, it was always good to be connected to somebody that you you helped. And they, they they paid off. It paid off. And even though I was a casualty, I'll take it. That's my favorite one.
1: I love it. Good one.
2: Very personal.
1: Um, yeah, very personal. And Because he ended that uh, Hall of Pain run for Mark Henry when he became world champion. And that was a great moment in your career and really ignited uh, Brian Daniels and Daniel Bryan's career as well. That's the company having faith in him holding on to a world championship. And, his, and Mark his career skyrocketed from there.
2: And and that's what what the rub is supposed to do. You're supposed to be able to elevate the people that you work with. And um, we had some really, really good matches. Like, we had a couple of cage, we had a cage match. Um, We had a, a hardcore match and a series of, you know, like, just straight-up brawls, and he was able to hold his own with me and excel. So, yeah, he, he was he's an unbelievable Hall of Fame talent.
1: There's no doubt about it. Um, my cash-in moment, I, I'm not going to necessarily say ignited a career because, unfortunately, it might be the highlight of this wrestler's career. And for me, it was Dolph Ziggler cashing in the money in the bank briefcase against Alberto Del Rio. It was the night after WrestleMania. And if guys, if you remember, it was right after WrestleMania 29 and it was at the Meadowlands in New Jersey. And that was like the first Monday night raw after WrestleMania. where you started getting that kooky type of, uh, fan reactions the night after WrestleMania, you never really got it before, but it definitely happened moving forward after it and everything and everyone seemed to just cheer for the heels and boo the baby faces. And that night was really the start and definitely an example of what I'm talking about. And that is Dolph Ziggler. And if you remember, he had Biggie Langston with him in his corner and AJ Lee in his corner. He came down with the money in the bank briefcase, Cast in against Alberto Del Rio when Alberto Del Rio was as big of a baby face than anybody at that time. And the crowd completely cheered Dolph Ziggler. You know what? I was in the building. I don't think I ever heard a crowd in an arena be as loud as they were when Dolph Ziggler pinned Alberto Del Rio to become new world heavyweight champion. And I really thought that was going to be the start of, was, of a career that was going to be multiple-time world champion. But unfortunately, it was probably the highlight of his career. He got injured uh, soon after that, and then just never was able to get to that point again in his career. Obviously, Dolph Ziggler is one of the greats, but that for sure was his greatest moment of his WWE career.
4: Hell of a pop. Hell of a reaction! Oh my, very goodness, memorable. Fully.
3: Yes, remember his face and his reactions, and how when he finally did it, you know, it was just it, it was. And you're you're blessed to be there live. You said, but it was yes. just that's what the Money in the Bank thing is supposed to do. It's supposed to create moments, and, and as Mark said, it's so, it's also supposed to elevate the who's going to be the next guy. Um, if you think about, we spent a lot of time breaking down different things when the guy doesn't cash in that money in the bank meaning he cashed in and wins you know they're also falling out of uh flavor with the wwe Mm -hmm. but when they cash it in or all the teases i think you remember when brock lesnar had it and the whole You know, dancing with it, we got to see a different personality with him. So it's just, it's very, very key of who's going to be the next person within the WWE. And I mean, the match itself is always exciting, but then the afterwards of when is this person going to cash it in is uh, something to acknowledge. Uh, Since I'm speaking, I will talk about uh, my personal favorite, and it would be a different take to it. Because I always don't like when the babyface sneaks up on the heel. Even if the heel does these dastardly things, I always feel you're a bigger babyface if you straight up want to fight somebody for the title. And uh, Rob Van Dam cashing in his money at the bank for ECW One Night Stand 06 was a really good match. And it was also John Cena coming into the most violent atmosphere he's ever been a part of so much that behind the scenes, because I was behind the scenes, they feared for John's safety. And there were so many moving parts to this because now coming off the heels of the first one night stand, which now I know isn't going to be like the first one and this is the second one. So how do we put a nice button on it? Because we're trying to move forward with a whole new brand. Anyway, um, you know, they did the thing with two ref bumps, but John Cena, if you, th- if you think about it too, where there's moments in history, the, if John Cena wins, we riot. And that's a, f- like a famous sign now, or a famous saying in the industry Again I rewatched this match yesterday once uh we were talking about this topic and it was just such a different environment for John to be in and when Rob came down and hit that you know frog splash after Edge interfered it was a moment man and it also solidified ECW as oh my gosh this is going to be a real brand and uh, a, a personal story for this when they had such fear for Rob, Vin- uh, for John Cena's safety. They were like, we got to get him out of there just in case. And then they are like, send dreamer down because the fans there love dreamer. So I run down, this is off camera. Nobody sees it. And I, and John, you know, and I, I think John was worried too, because you know, that, and bully could attest, it's a tight mosh pit atmosphere, and it wasn't the like how the WWE normally has their security, as well as the design of the venue. So I run down, and I grab John, and I'm like, "I got you." And then I go and I go, if anything happens, this will protect you. And I go into my pocket and I hand him something, and I handed him because I also worked in the office um, at the time and I was allowed to do like indie shows and seminars. And I got to see his father perform as a manager, John Cena senior, who then later we've seen on television and his father has this gimmick where he has his own fabo bucks, which is money printed with his face. And in this most serious moment of like, I'm protecting a manager. And I was like, This will protect you, and I handed John put like put it in his hand like it's a weapon, and it was father his father's Fabo box, and he just laughed as we ran to the back uh, the whole time. So that was a uh, nice fun. I love
2: ribs like that (laughs) exactly because
3: it was. I knew they weren't going to do anything to John, but I had him. But when he saw it, he was just literally laughing, running up the aisle with me.
2: Oh man, that is a
1: fun story. You know, Tommy, you mentioned something before that story about how, listen, cashing in the money in the bank could catapult you to stardom, But if you if you cash in and lose, it could hurt your career as well. I think the biggest example of that would be Damian Sandow. Damian Sandow cashed in on Monday Night Raw. It was a great match with John Cena. And his character was about as over as anybody's character at that time. But after that match, which I thought was still going to catapult his career, it was just a steep decline after that. The next pay-per-view at TLC, he challenged Big E for the Intercontinental Championship and lost. And then at the Royal Rumble, he wound up being the first wrestler eliminated and i think right after that they changed his trunks from the pink trunks to just plain black trunks with white boots like it, it was right after that match the decline of a great character go ahead Bully. yeah let uh, that
4: be a lesson to you
1: I never get yourself over <laughs> <laughs>
3: never I get mean, yourself also, <laughs> i'm sorry go ahead no no go if you also think about that's more for behind the scenes because Mr. Kennedy had it. And the only one really to survive after cashing and winning, uh, the money in the bank and not winning it, but he had to do a complete change is Otis. Because I think if he, and I mean, think of how long, how over he was. If he didn't change up, I don't think he'd still be employed because they didn't for some see seed in him Like they didn't see it in Ken and Sandow.
2: You know what, let's put a pin on that because this is a hell of a topic for the next podcast. Character changes that kill the trajectory of a talent. And Sandow would be one. Otis would be one with the change. Like there's there's a dozen guys. You change them and nothing. They just well, I, I, fall hey, off if the face never, of the we- earth.
1: If Dolph Ziggler, they had him dye his hair. If you remember, he went from blonde hair to brown hair. Dolph Ziggler, people forget about that. They, I mean, and and again with the cash in though, with Mister Anderson and with Damian Sandow and with Otis, all three of those guys were huge at the time. Their characters were monster over, and then right after that, they they all three of them had a huge decline after that.
2: I shoot sure got mad when Otis when they they went a different direction with Otis, and I, I probably you know for a couple of weeks I couldn't watch. <laughs> I was I was so angry that every time I watched Raw, I, I got pissed off, and I just you know, it's just, it's the same feeling I the sick feeling I get when people say uh, call Piper Niven dewdrop.
4: Dave yeah, gets I, pissed I, off every Monday.
1: Yeah, well, well, that's true. But bullying, you and I talked about that. The two MVPs of the pandemic era were Sheamus and Otis. Highly and look, entertaining stuff yes, from Otis. Yes. I, I agree oh. with
4: everybody. I mean, they should have they could have done so much more with Otis. They should have had every they could have did the dating game with Otis. They could have did the bachelor with Otis. They could have had some of the girls in the back fighting over Otis and fighting with Mandy because so many things. Uh, And they just after the whole Mandy thing, it came to an end and, you know, Typical, you know, shave your hair, shave your beard, do this, do this, change your whole look for what? It was working. And I don't think what he's doing now is working more than what he was doing then. He could Not have been close. a huge single star for, for them. Um, but hey, what do I know? I'm sitting here talking to you guys.
3: And uh, Dave and for our listeners and Mark and Bully will tell you, there is a decisive when, when we say wrestling is real, when you win that and when you're the champion, How much more money do you guys make? A lot. Yeah. And I'm talking now, you're the WWE champion? Millions? Yep. So think about that. That's the realest part about all this
2: when decisions are made. And when Dolph, when Dolph Ziggler won, when he cashed it in, like, did you see the emotion from him? Like that was real shit, man. What, the Boni? boys
3: would say he's the man, but you have to have management think you're the man.
4: And Tommy, yeah. let's just let's just clarify something. Um, there's only one person on this screen who made millions before he won a World Heavyweight Championship.
3: Well, I mean, ECW was very profitable for me.
1: Bubba. Uh, no, so it's because I hit the lottery.
4: Um, oh, you too, Dave. Okay. <laughs>
1: All right, Bully, what's yours?
4: Mine was really easy. The minute we started talking about this, I was like, Seth Rollins, WrestleMania 31, boom, done, see you, bye. Uh, Talk about, I mean, he he cashed in at WrestleMania and wins the big one at WrestleMania. Opens up WrestleMania against Randy Orton, does the J-O-B to probably the greatest RKO I've ever seen in my life. Uh, That that RKO is just uh, incredible. So open up the show with a banger of a match. You know, you start off with rock and roll all night. Hey, how about being rock and roll all night and Detroit Rock City all in the same, you know, all in the same night? Um, So he opens up against Orton. He loses, comes back, cashes in on Roman and Brock, inserts himself right into the match. And then um, and then and he gets the victory and becomes the WWE Um, You know, uh, world champion, a huge night for Seth Rollins. I could sit here and dissect it and talk about it, but we've all seen it. Um, What an amazing cash in. It worked. And Seth has been uh, on a on a on on a great path ever since. I mean, he's been been a great on a great path ever since he came out of the shield, as has everyone. But what a career defining moment for Seth at WrestleMania 31.
1: And I believe, Bully, that was the first time that the Money in the Bank briefcase was cashed in actually during a match. During, yes. Yeah, during a match. So, And you're right. It took Seth Rollins' career to the stratosphere. So, uh, guys, awesome. Uh, Again, Money in the Bank. I hope you're enjoying it. This weekend, we'll obviously be breaking it down on Busted Open, our live show, Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to noon Eastern time on SiriusXM, Fight Nation. But again... You can only get the master's class right here on the Busted Open podcast. So make sure you subscribe. Make sure you comment. We want to hear from you. And we also want to see you. So make sure to go to PodSwag.com slash Busted Open for all Busted Open merchandise. For Bully, for Tommy, for Mark and I, thank you so much for listening. And we'll talk to you next week right here on Busted Open's The Master's Class. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. The executive producer is Paul Early. The digital producer is Gabby Laspisa. Andre Viola is the associate producer. Marissa Rivas is the director of Sports Podcast. Special thanks to Senior Vice President of Sports and Podcast, the legendary Steve Cullen.